This is Shotzi Blackheart, and you're listening to Markin' Out. This is Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, we Markin' Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, we Markin' Out, y'all. Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, we Markin' Out, y'all. Running like this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, we Markin' Out, y'all. We Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Markin' Out, episode 527. I am one of the hosts, Brandon. You could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. Uh, Chris, again, will not be here this week at Chris Sweendog, but Dave will be joining us in a little bit at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. And collectively, you could follow us at Markin' Out, Markin' Out 11 on Twitch, Facebook.com slash Markin' Out, YouTube.com slash Markin' Out 11. Uh, support us. You could, uh, if you want to, you could support us. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Markin' Out. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Markin' Out. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, uh, MarkinOut.com. If you use the code REGARDLESS, You get 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. So thanks if you you use all those gimmicks. Uh, As far as uh, my week goes, I'm, I'm doing awesome as always, but I didn't really do that much. I would say that the only real highlight of the week was uh, outside grilling some burgers it was uh, super nice on Tuesday. It was like in the 60s, which is uh, pretty insane. Um, but yeah, and I just wanted to... Last week we got a an email. I, I for, totally forgot to, to read it. But I wanted to read it right now because we really appreciate when our, uh, when our listeners reach out to us. And uh, so Steve, formerly at Disgruntled Dork on Twitter, now at Hype Period Beard. Uh, they wrote in saying, Hey, uh, still, still going strong listening to you guys since the early days, uh, backs nine years or so, um, haven't commented in a while, but in a recent episode, you guys commented on SmackDown. You went to at the Nassau Coliseum where edge and Kelly Kelly teamed up and edge was banned from using the spear. Small world, because I was there too. Front row next to the face turnbuckle corner. Keep up the podcast as I still look forward to hearing your weeks, uh, hearing about how your weeks were. Weekly uh, recaps and, of course, your predictions. Steve, thank you so much for writing in. We really, really do appreciate it. Moving on to actual professional wrestling talk. Um... AEW had AEW Revolution this week at uh, Daly's Place. Um, the, the the buy-in, you had Britt Baker and Maki Ito. Maki Ito being the uh, first and kind of only pop of the night for me. Uh, but they teamed up, took on, and defeated Thunder Rosa and Riho. Uh, Rebel was injured by Nyla Rose, so she couldn't um, she couldn't compete there. Um, we saw the Young Bucks in the actual opening contest pick up the victory over Chris Jericho and MJF to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Uh, 
for what happened leading up to this match, I don't think it delivered. The Bucks didn't come off pissed at all until after the bell rang. They still came out. They did their little young buck pose. They had the the dollars and everything. I think they should have just done a straight shot to the ring, and uh, and been like furious. They just they put their father in the hospital. So uh, I do think the absolute worst part of this pay per view was was in this match. But it's not like because of the young bucks or Chris Jericho or MJF uh, wrestling wise. MJF had that giant string of drool coming out of his mouth. I thought that was awful. I always think that's terrible when I see something like that. But there's not really much else to say about this match. I got the winners I wanted. Now I need new champions. And hopefully through that next match that I'm going to discuss, we will maybe see new champions. We saw Death Triangle, Pack and Phoenix pick up the victory in that Casino Tag Team Royale. Um, this was a giant cluster of a match where I didn't necessarily hate it, but there were a lot of spots in this that were just like... Mm. Um, and the only like real storyline that I could actually see in this was QT Marshall eliminating the gun club and Dustin questioned him about it. And then he like, screw this. I'm out. He eliminated himself and he spit towards the ring. Um, so maybe it's been building up because we saw a few weeks ago. I, I don't know if it was Lee Johnson talking about his trainers mentioned absolutely everybody in the nightmare family, except for QT but it came down to Death Triangle, Johnny Silver, and Jungle Boy. Uh, and then Death Triangle and Jungle Boy. And then finally Phoenix and Jungle Boy. Uh, there were no Gorillas of Destiny there. <laughs> I uh, I don't know why. I thought maybe we would be getting them as a giant pop. But that wasn't the, uh, that wasn't the case. But overall, like I said, I got the winners I wanted from that match. We saw Diamond Dallas Page there. We saw Al Snow there. So it's cool to see wrestlers from the past uh, enjoying the the pay-per-view program. Match up next, though, for the AEW Women's Championship. Hikaru Shida successfully retains the title against Ryo Mizunami. Um, It had a super goofy ending to it where there were, like, too many false finishes for me. But I thought this was the best match of the night. Um, Nyla Rose attacked Hikaru Shida and Rio afterwards, as did Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa makes the save. Uh, I definitely didn't need the aftermath, but it sets up the the match for Dynamite. So I didn't really mind it, uh, considering how much I enjoyed the, the actual match itself. After that, we saw Miro and Kip Sabian defeat Orange Cassidy and Chuck. I I didn't like this at all. Before the match, Miro and Kip Sabian attacked Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. They put Chuck Taylor through glass. Orange Cassidy was barely touched. But it took him so much more time to get into the match than it did for Chuck Taylor to get into the match. But Miro pushes Orange Cassidy into Penelope Ford, who went flying off the apron. 
Kip Sabian left there looking after Penelope Ford. I thought it was about to be like a reverse sort of like Miro's in control, but now Chuck's going to take over or whatever, or Orange Cassidy's going to take over. Wasn't the case. Thankfully, Miro picked up the victory, but I just, I thought it wasn't a good match. Uh, We saw Adam Page defeat Matt Hardy. Now he gets the uh, first quarter earnings from Matt Hardy. We saw Private Party get involved. Dark Order ran down to make the save. So we get that storyline continued of the Dark Order being friends with Adam Page. Um, Decent match. Nothing really to complain about. Nothing really to uh, to say mu- much about it. We saw the face of the Revolution ladder match. Scorpio Sky, my pick to win. Thank God he won. Defeated Cody Rhodes, or just Cody, Max Caster, Penta, Lance Archer, and the surprise entrant, not Rob Van Dam, Ethan Page. Scorpio Sky earns a TNT Championship match out of this finish. I just think it's uh, a bit ironic that Ethan Page left Impact to go to a company that works with Impact. But we saw during this match, Jack Evans ran out with a boombox to get involved, but 10 from Dark Order stopped him. They weren't in the match. I didn't understand why they even did that setup that like nothing came of it and nothing even came of that from dynamite but cody was walked out during the the match to get checked out and uneventfully made his way back to the ring and basically did nothing and i was nervous as hell when cody walked out and to get like checked on or whatever they had him in the tunnel which was just bizarre that like i don't know if they didn't think we couldn't see him or whatnot. But I thought there was a definite chance that um, Cody could be walking out of that as the, the winner of that giant brass ring, which is clearly, very clearly a dig at WWE. Um, but luckily that did not happen. Uh, Earlier in the night we were asked, uh, not we were asked, we were shown Big Show, Paul White, teasing the big announcement, the big Hall of Fame-esque signee. Right here, after this match, we saw the debut of Christian. Christian Cage, to be exact. I thought it was cool, um, but it was completely uh, one of those overhyped things. I like Christian, but it was a way overblown hype. People were like, Brock Lesnar's coming to AEW. John Cena, AEW. The Rock is going to go to AEW. Mark Calloway. No. It was Christian. I think the most bizarre thing of this segment, the crowd did not pop. They didn't do anything until the name was revealed. And it wasn't much at that. And I don't understand how people didn't, like, click that it was Christian right away. The countdown in the entrance video was basically from TNA. And his theme song was basically his TNA theme song. So I don't understand how it's like, I I, I don't know. To me, as soon as the, I was like, oh, that's Christian. That's awesome. It's cool. Just overhyped. But if you're keeping track, that's Hangman Adam Page. 
all ego Ethan Page. Sometimes Diamond Dallas Page. You got Christian Cage. You got Brian Cage. Brian Cage in the next match. Sting and Darby Allen picks up the victory over Team Taz in a street fight. That not once made it to the street, but uh, not many street fights do in uh, in these days of professional wrestling. I I remember one of my favorite, um, not not necessarily sure if it was a street fight, but from St. Valentine's Day Massacre where it ends up in the Mississippi River. I like that. But it starts with them taking forever to get to the actual match. It was similar to Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream from In Your House uh, TakeOver. And I really disliked that match. Um, but and it, like they ride up in like a cinematic. They get one car. Darby's in a skateboard gimmick. But the actual match, we see a bunch of Darby gimmicks surrounding the ring in a warehouse that looked like it was straight out of the Attitude Era's entrance video from Monday Night Raw. But Hook and Hobbs eventually get involved. I have no idea why Hobbs was wearing a mask. Like, that just didn't make sense to me. But Darby got some jackass spots in. I really don't mind cinematic matches, but I thought this was awful. I would have much rather rewatched Sting versus Vampiro in that weird grainy black and white graveyard match from Nitro. And as far as like cinematic esque matches go, I don't think anything's going to top Stadium Stampede in in AEW. A lot of people were complaining about the commentary taking it taking them out of it for for them. Uh, you know, commentating on something that already happened, I guess. Um I don't know, I don't necessarily mind the commentary, but just the match itself, man, I, this isn't like, I just didn't like it, it wasn't good. Main event, we saw Kenny Omega pick up the victory over John Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match to retain the AEW Championship. We eventually get to see the Good Brothers get involved in this match, but... Uh, it was a dud ending. Everybody, it's the most talked about thing from this pay-per-view. I thought if the, the WCW Pyro wasn't involved, it would have been a much better match. I didn't mind the use of the barbed wire here. And I thought it was going to be a lot more like one of those CZW matches where it's like super hardcore, like cut up and bloody, but, and yes, they were bloodied, but it wasn't anything close to what I was picturing when I heard deathmatch. But the Good Brothers, after the match, end up cuffing John Moxley. They continue the attack. I don't know if they accidentally finished the match early, but it took forever for that countdown clock to come down for the explosion. Eddie Kingston runs down, try to uh, revive, revive John Moxley. Uh, I don't know why he couldn't just like carry him out. There was definitely enough time. Definitely enough time to carry John Moxley out of the ring. I don't know what the handcuffs did in that segment. Moxley could have just dived right through the ropes. Rolled right underneath. The, the ramp is connected to the ring, basically. But he ends up covering Moxley to shield him from the explosions. We get the, the countdown clock. And I swear to God, I had not laughed like that in quite some time. The the the. the Clock turns zero. You get some Gilbert sparklers that go off. 
Eddie Kingston was dead for some reason. And the crowd actually booed. I was surprised to hear an AEW crowd turn on AEW in that moment. But commentators like sold it to the moon. Jim Ross is like completely over it. But Excalibur sold it to the moon. Uh, And then after the pay-per-view ends, John Moxley gets on the microphone and said, Kenny can't build an exploding ring for anything. Made fun of it. But there were rumors that came out that Kenny Omega was apparently furious with the ending. But Tony Khan, uh, according to him, it was supposed to be like that. So there are two conflicting reports there. Like, that actually came from Tony Khan's mouth. Like, what were you expecting? It was, uh, Kenny, he's not an engineer. Um, And then also, for what it's worth, Don Callis, during the match on commentary, used the term extermination contraption. Um, but Tony Khan back to using the anti-Semitic phrase on the media scrum right afterwards. I reached out on Twitter. I reached out, uh, via email to their PR department, hadn't heard back. So that's disappointing. Uh, but I guess there's nothing, nothing really much you could do there. Uh, AEW Dynamite though, kicks off with Phoenix defeating Matt Jackson, Phoenix winning makes me think that him and Pac won't be the next tag team champions, which sucks. Uh, But the actual match was good, and I think it was the best match of the night. The crowd was super hot for Phoenix. Um, And yeah, just I can't believe I'm saying that about a Young Buck match. But next up, we saw Eddie Kingston and John Moxley explaining... The ending of Revolution of sorts. They kind of just completely ripped apart the ending. And they had Eddie Kingston explain why he was passed out. Uh, They blamed it on Impact. They blamed it on Acme. I guess it's the best way they could have possibly handled it. Uh, But that wasn't, unfortunately, that wasn't the end of them handling it. After that, though, we saw Cody pick up the victory over Seth Gargis. He walks out during the pay-per-view, gets back into the match, barely does anything. He's injured. Dynamite is perfectly fine. He defeats the unknown guy in 30 seconds. I have no idea why this was a match. I have absolutely no clue why this was a match. Tony comes to the ring to ask Cody about his shoulder. Shoulder. Uh, He just had pressure applying on it to do the figure four. It's obviously fine. He wasn't injured at all. I don't understand that whole selling of anything was bizarre. And not even before that, he should have gone injured into the pay-per-view due to the Shaquille O'Neal incident. But Penta ends up cutting this off. He said he's a thousand times better than Cody. He mentions Cody's unborn baby and they get into a pull-apart brawl. So the next big feud there is going to be seeing uh, Cody and Penta over nothing. uh, Over like no title or anything, which is fine. Um, Hopefully Penta goes over in that feud. Although I don't see that really happening. We saw Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy at an arcade and apparently Orange Cassidy came up with some video game match to face Miro and Sabian against. I guess video games are going to be surrounding the ring. 
That's not, uh, we need Miro. We need the strong roots of character that we were promised. Um, Sting came out. He puts Darby Allen over. It gets cut off by Lance Archer. So I guess they're going to do Lance Archer versus Sting in a feud. But should Sting be somebody featured every week and maybe not, uh, maybe used more as an attraction instead of an every weeker? I don't know. That match just, uh, that cinematic match just wasn't good. So I don't know what we're going to, like, are we going to see another cinematic match with Sting and Lance Archer? I don't know. But after that, we see QT Marshall put Lee Johnson over backstage. Uh, But for the whole next segment, audio from an NBA game somehow aired over this match. I don't know if it was Shaq's ghost haunting Dynamite or what, but oh my goodness, man. Ethan Page makes his Dynamite debut, picks up the victory over Lee Johnson. But that NBA commentary and game audio it just completely took away from this match. And that really sucks for Ethan Page, but I was dying during this too because... Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell just randomly playing because of the NBA game. I thought that was hilarious. I think that was my favorite part of... (laughs) My favorite part of Dynamite was the NBA game gimmick. But we saw Ethan Page, and I have no idea how something like that happens. How does uh, network audio uh, audio from another network come over to TNT? It was a big invasion angle. But we saw Ethan Page attack Lee Johnson afterwards. Dustin ran down to make the save. QT Marshall just walked away. He doesn't care about Lee Johnson anymore. Uh, or maybe he does care about Lee Johnson. He just doesn't care about Dustin. He wants nothing to do with Dustin. Uh, we saw Alex Marvez interview Adam Page on a uh, giant lawnmower. Dark Order come in to celebrate his victory and uh, they all hop on and it almost tipped over. Luckily it did not. We saw Tony Shivani interview or go to interview Christian, but Kenny Omega, Don Callis and the good brothers cut this off. This is where the explanation of revolution turns around and completely falls apart. Eddie Kingston makes his way down to the ring only to be made fun of by Don Callis. Then they start their own countdown clock to go off to tease the ending of that match. Kenny Omega begs for Don Callis to 69 him, which he did. And this was just super embarrassing. I don't know if anyone was getting enjoyment out of this segment at all, if they were liking it, but I thought this was a super low point. Not only for Dynamite, but a super low point in AEW history. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I thought it was so embarrassing. But Eddie Kingston ends up popping Omega, gets jumped by the Good Brothers. John Moxley makes the save. I could swear to God, the ending of that Revolution match was supposed to put Moxley on the shelf and just like, I guess, be done with with. AEW for now, given the promo that we heard prior to the match uh, on Dynamite. But that was not the case. And uh, 
we see Christian eventually come out and Kenny Omega escapes the unprettier. Christian holds up the championship. Still haven't heard Christian speak in AEW, but I can only assume that this is happening because Edge is main eventing WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know. I just... I'm not not down to see Christian in like a main event sort of role, but it's to me seems a bit forced. After that, we saw Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Maki Ito pick up the victory over Hikaru Shida, Ryo Mizunami, and Thunder Rosa, which unfortunately I thought was really bad. I had a lot of hope for this match, but I thought it was just a complete miss. I liked... Uh, the start of the match, they brawled before the match or, or the match starts and they brawl, but the match starts during Maki Ito's entrance. So she completely didn't care. She was just still singing her entrance, which I thought was funny. But Britt Baker ends up attacking uh, Thunder Rosa after the match with the, the crutch. That sets up a lights out match. First women's main event in the history of AEW comes next week on their uh, big St. Patrick's Day show. I had some goofy St. Patrick's Day theme gimmick. Uh, We saw Matt Hardy announce that he signed the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny, and it sets up a match for AEW Dark Elevation for Monday. They're also going to be teaming up all together on that St. Patrick's Day gimmick. Then we saw Darby Allen defeat Scorpio Sky to retain the TNT Championship. Darby Allen, much like Cody Rhodes, it must be the water in Jacksonville, walks into this match as if there were zero injuries. Uh, no, what, no lingering effects from the street fight whatsoever. Scorpio Sky goes for the TKO. Darby rolls him up with an inside cradle to, to get the victory. Scorpio Sky snaps and beats the ever-loving hell out of Darby Allen. Well, not really beats him up. He just locks that leg lock in, almost breaks his leg. Great showing for Scorpio Sky. It sucks that it was a wasted title shot, but maybe this is going to help continue a feud between Scorpio Sky and Darby Allen. Scorpio Sky is now, I guess, a heel, or will be a heel. I don't know if they're going to break him away from SCU or what, but I I really do kind of hope that Scorpio Sky is the next TNT champion. Ending of Dynamite saw the Inner Circle come out to talk about major changes that will maybe be happening in the Inner Circle. Sammy Guevara returns and showed off some footage of MJF getting the Inner Circle to turn on Chris Jericho. And it looked like that was going to be the case, but then they all turned on MJF. The lights go out because AEW absolutely loves doing that gimmick. And when they come back on, FTR, Sean Spears, and Wardlow are in the ring. So it was a double-double cross. They all beat the inner circle up while MJF just sits there. (sighs) More handcuffs in the segment. I don't know if it's some sort of fetish that somebody has back there right in the show, but uh, they handcuffed the Ortiz and Santana for some reason. Um, we saw the double pile, double spike pile driver with Tully Blanchard and FTR. MJF eventually rocks Chris Jericho with the ring gimmick and then Jericho's baseball bat. I thought it was a good segment. 
I don't know. I guess maybe Inner Circle are now faces. I don't know. But regardless, I think this became the best storyline in AEW again. I didn't like Jericho and uh, MJF as the tag team gimmick, but this whole new group, it was a very hot ending. We have a group of Tully Blanchard, MJF, FTR, Sean Spears, and Wardlow. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Uh, Moving over to Impact Wrestling, we saw Jazz pick up the victory over Tasha Steeles. I don't think it was a strong opening match. And it didn't really do much to push the pay-per-view match. Uh, Chris Sabin and James Storm pick up the victory over Shira and Rohit Raju. We saw Shira and Rohit argue during the match. Later on, we saw Rohit yell at Shira and said that Shira owes him for for bringing him back over to the United States. And uh, Shira held him up against the wall and said he doesn't he doesn't owe him anything. We saw Reno Scum and XXL, XXXL, Triple uh, XL, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they were arguing backstage uh, and the Decay confronted them, which sets up a match between the Decay and Reno Scum at the pay-per-view. We saw Eric Young talking to Diener backstage, which was cut off by James Storm and Chris Sabin. James Storm yelled at Eric Young that he's not doing the right thing to... Diener or in regards to Diener and he knows that he's not doing the right thing but Violent by Design end up jumping them later on we see James Storm challenge them for a pay-per-view match Jake something steps up and wants to be in their corner for that match Um, we saw Scott D'Amore and Brian Myers with a contract signing Brian wanted Eddie Edwards completely erased from the history of Impact Scott threatened uh, court on Brian and also set up Eddie versus Brian in a hold harmless match at the pay-per-view. Brian thought it was going to be a submission match, but Scott said it's uh, it's got no rules. So I'm not really familiar with a hold harmless match, but it should be good. Uh, earlier in the night, we saw Trey Miguel meet up with Sam Beal, who was one of his students. He questioned his interaction with Sammy Callahan, but then Sam Beal kind of like, I don't know, flipped the script on him and it sets up a match. Trey Miguel picks up the victory over Sam Beal in maybe under a minute. Sammy ends up hacking himself into the ring and Trey on the stage. And it ends with Sammy hitting that package pile driver on Sam. Um... After that, we saw a contract signing between the Good Brothers and Finn Juice for the uh, Impact Tag Team Championships. Um, They end up drinking shot for shot. Scott Damore leaves, and in true contract signing fashion, it turns into a brawl. I don't necessarily see Finn Juice picking up the, the championships, but that, I think, is the best outcome. Uh... Matchup next, Chris Bay picks up the victory over Ace Austin. This, I think, was the best match on Impact. We saw TJP come out, sit down on the stage, kind of distracts uh, Ace Austin a little bit. Madman Fulton goes and chases TJP off uh, with a chair. And uh, Chris Bay ends up picking up the victory there. But I think this was the best match of the night for sure. 
Uh, but TJP ends up at Swinger's Palace. Josh Alexander gets into TJP's face about how he's been acting and then puts him on notice. Uh, main event saw ODB pick up the victory over Susan. Susan goes for a low blow. Definitely didn't think that one through, but she uh, spills out ODB's flask during the match uh, and leads to the end of the match because you simply just don't mess with ODB's alcohol. But afterwards, we saw Kimberly and Deanna Perrazzo attack ODB. Jazz and Jordan Grace made the save, but Fire and Flava attacked them. I don't know... Um, I don't know if this is going to end up being like a new stable of sorts, but they're all in matches against each other. It seems at the pay-per-view, but I would not mind seeing this big, strong group of women as a group. Uh, it ends with Moose, uh, interrupting Scott Demore's backstage segment, calls him out to the ring Scott brings Rich Swan out and he announces a huge bombshell of an announcement. It was, I don't think it was even mentioned on Dynamite now that I think about it. Scott Demore announces that at Sacrifice, the TNA Championship and the Impact Championship will be unified. And the winner of that match will go on to Rebellion to face Kenny Omega in a title versus title match. I know we definitely called this weeks ago, but I don't I don't think it's going to be a unification match for the AEW and the TNA Championship or the 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 Impact Championship. I just simply think Kenny Omega is going to defeat Rich Swan for that the, the Impact Championship. I don't know who's going to end up defeating Kenny Omega after that for the the Impact Championship. I don't know if Impact maybe will become like a a secondary show for AEW. I don't know what's going to happen there. We have a pay-per-view though. And I say pay-per-view. They're actually the the Impact Plus gimmicks, the exclusives. But Impact, Sacrifice, March 13th, this Saturday, Skyway Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, you're going to be seeing an intergender tag team match. Havoc and Nevaeh versus Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. I'd like to see Tennille and Caleb go over there. You're going to be seeing the Decay take on Reno Scum. I think it's pretty safe to say Decay is going over. Chris Sabin and James Storm versus Violent by Design. I can only assume Violent by Design will be going over there. A hold harmless match. Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers. I personally would like to see Brian Myers pick up the victory here. I see Eddie Edwards winning though. Um, But I'm going to stick with Brian Myers. For the Impact X Division Championship, TJP will be facing off against Ace Austin. TJP, I think, has this one in the bag due to uh, maybe cheating or some sort of gimmick. Uh, Impact World Tag Team Championship match. The Good Brothers versus Finn Juice. I am 100% wanting to see Finn Juice pick up the victory here. I think it's going to be the Good Brothers, though. Uh, but my fingers are super crossed for Finn Juice. David Finley and Juice Robinson to pick up that victory. For the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships. 
you have Fire and Flavor defending the titles against Jordan, Grace, and Jazz. I'm sticking with Fire and Flavor here. For the Impact Knockouts Championship, Deanna Prazo defends the title against ODB. I'm sticking again with the champion, Deanna Prazo. And then in the unification match, the Impact World Championship and the TNA Heavyweight Championship on the line. Rich Swan, the Impact Wrestling Champion. Moose, the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. I'm going to say Rich Swan becomes the unified Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Goes on to Rebellion to lose the title to Kenny Omega. Uh, But that is Sacrifice. Now we're going to kick it over to a little commercial break. Word from Manscaped. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it, Brandon's never done it. You're down there, you, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick, you get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, so that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0 my camera batteries and my phone all on the same shelf huzzah if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code regardless that's one for this uh, read at manscape.com your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Got some more TMI information from Chris in regards to uh, the weather and how warm it's been this week. Uh, Big fan of those crop mops, those ball wipes. He's uh, definitely using them while he's hard at work. So definitely check out manscaped.com. Use the code regardless. Get 20% off and free shipping there. Uh, pick up the lawnmower 3.0, get that, uh, maybe, maybe you want some, uh, foot duster, foot deodorant, some crop reviver, some ball toner and refresher, 
pick up a t-shirt. Uh, yeah, manscaped.com. Bringing on Dave now. Dave, how are you doing? Hey, I am doing great. It's a pleasure to be here on the podcast of pro wrestling. And yeah. The only online listening experience in the world today. That is actually a proven fact. Has not been disputed. We won an award for it. The uh, Wrestling Newsletter Observation Award. (laughs) Yes, uh, we are the award-winning podcast that uh, you may have heard Well, we were an award-winning podcast before those awards, so. Yes, so we are the uh, multiple award-winning podcast. Yeah, but uh, how was your week? Yeah, my week was... uh, it was a good week, you know. We were getting to the gears of uh, basketball, basketball, baseball. Uh, baseball season is starting to get a little bit started. And basketball-wise, we had the NBA All-Star Game, which is was really cool to watch. I'm a, I'm a fan of watching the All-Star Games. Always have. AEW superstar uh, Shaquille O'Neal was there? Uh, he was on the commentating team. Um, I was on the commentary team. I'm a huge fan of Shaq. Uh, I always have been, even as a kid. You know, back when he was playing for the Magic with Anthony Hardaway. Always been a fan of Shaq. The night I met Chris Jericho at Madison Square Garden at that charity hockey game, Mm -hmm. we went afterwards to the All-Star Cafe. I remember that. Yeah, I was, ta- I was talking to uh, my friend Mike the other day about it, and he was like, I have no idea what this is, but I think it's the the sporting equivalent of Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. And the booth that I sat in had uh, Shaquille O'Neal's shoe right next to it. Mm-hmm. So it's always a trip to see his shoe because <laughs> it's gigantic. Yeah, he wears a size 22. Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely insane. Size twenty two shoe. Uh, like I thought, like I'm a size twelve. I think that's big, but twenty two. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, Shaq wears a size twenty two, and yeah, I know. I I actually know that. Like, uh, where do you even <laughs> find socks for your feet? Are they got to get custom socks? Yeah, he has to go for... custom everything. He has to get. custom. I wonder. I wonder how big uh, Big Show's foot is. I don't know. That would be an interesting question to ask him. Yeah, I don't know. Tweet him. You know? Hey, Paul, just wondering. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, but Shaq, they actually had a little documentary, I guess, on uh, one of the NBA shows, and it was pretty much Shaq as the focus on this episode. And it was just really cool hearing about how he got into, like, the transition of basketball player to commentator. And he is one of the most entertaining athletic personalities out there yeah he's really awesome to uh when he he's an awesome guest on all like the 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 talk shows yeah he the cool thing about him is he always seems like down to earth he always seems really chill and cool and just fun just always seems like a fun personality to to be around but i definitely i concur yeah but yeah, um, my week was good, and I'm guessing yours was awesome as always. That's, so that's correct. So let's get on to some sports entertainment and speak about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro, kicking off with Bobby Lashley picking up the victory over the Miz to retain the WWE Championship. Um, 
Miz spoke about how last week wasn't fair. I thought it was a great promo from him. Yeah. And we got a brand new entrance from Bobby Lashley. Yeah, a real like hype entrance where he, they even had lightning striking the stage for his entrance. Yeah. Um, but for what it was, the match, I thought it was a, a decent match. I thought it was good. It was, it, I mean... It was a... It, it was a glorified squash match if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and what's what's what I liked about that was that it seemed like it was completely one-sided without actually being completely one-sided if that makes sense. Yeah, it was a glorified squash match to make Lashley look strong and it was I mean, I don't remember Miz really having that much of an upper hand on Lashley during that match. It was really Lashley just dominating him. We saw Drew McIntyre interviewed about the WWE Championship, which was a a good fired up promo here. But he gets attacked by Sheamus and then demands a no DQ match with Sheamus. Which was then set up. Um, And McIntyre and Sheamus, they have the no DQ match. It goes to a no contest. I, Drew beats he he beat Sheamus down during the entrance, um, and it ends where both men grabbed the steel steps, ran into each other, and they were knocked out. I but thought I the, thought it was another really good match. Yeah, I the mean two. they beat each other down with the kendo sticks, and the end of the match with the steel steps. It was I am torn. A part of me is disappointed, no outcome, but. Because I love this feud of Sheamus versus McIntyre. I also love that we have this prolonging of this feud now. Um, and I, I it can was only assume they're. End. I assume they'll, they'll wrestle at Fastlane or something. Yeah, I'm hoping. Well, I guess WrestleMania is not a thing for McIntyre, right? I don't know. I feel like WrestleMania still could be a thing for McIntyre in that WWE Championship scene. I mean, honestly, I hope it isn't, and I hope it's McIntyre. I think it has to be. There's no other oh, match yeah, written I, there. It's, I, I it's, think it has to be that. I, I agree with you. I think it has to be too. I'd rather Sheamus and McIntyre, but somebody I think will probably end up missing WrestleMania is Rhea Ripley. They had another vignette for her, um, but I could just—I mean, I would assume night after WrestleMania is her debut. Really? You don't think it's going to be sooner? I don't know. I don't because you have Fastlane coming up next weekend, mm-hmm. and then that's already WrestleMania's April. Well, I don't know. No, I, I, I think I maybe think she does it out. We're only then on what March does she 12th. do for a month? What does she do? Does she also get into a match with Oscar at WrestleMania with Flair? Who? Ripley? If that even happens, we don't know because Oscar's apparently at home with a concussion. Oh, I didn't know about the concussion stuff. Yeah, apparently when uh, she got her teeth knocked out by Shayna Baszler, she got concussed. Oh, that sucks. I, again, that's news gimmick sites. I don't know if that's legitimate or not. Mm-hmm. Um, a segment that I popped for big time here on Monday Night Raw, you had R-Truth backstage reading, I guess, an apology to Braun Strowman, asking for his help to get the 24-7 championship back. And... Uh, <laughs> This was hilarious. He apologized for a bunch of wrong things, which I thought was funny. 
And then he apologized for ruining Hornswoggle's wedding, which I popped for because he was talking about Drake Maverick. Yeah. But overall, I thought that was a really good segment. Um, we saw a video package with Randy Orton, The Fiend, and Alexa Bliss, which I think just will have to absolutely lead to a, a Firefly Funhouse match. I've said this for a few weeks now. I agree with you. I think that that entire aspect of Randy Orton telling Randy Orton that he's going to have to face his history or whatever they said, it's a definitely alluding to the the Firefly match. And then we saw AJ Styles interviewed about everything, and he was laughing at Randy Orton. And Randy Orton cuts it off, and AJ Styles said uh, he he thought he thought it was weak. He thought Randy Orton was weak, and Orton challenged him to a match. Sets up the main event of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Next up, you had Xavier Woods pick up the victory over Shelton Benjamin. Um, this match, it was pretty quick. I didn't like the well. I I didn't like the fact that now next week New Day is going to be facing Hurt Business for the titles. Yeah, I like, don't... why not just this week? Yeah, they're really. I don't know why they're pushing New Day so much with this entire thing. I mean, first one with the small package, it was just like there. It wasn't much of a match. Well, what what I don't get is they really pushed New Day with Woods with Retribution, you know, with Ali and everything like that, and Reckoning, and now it's going into this direction versus Shelton and Cedric, and I'm like. It's just dropping one and going directly into another. But, yeah. yeah. After this... We saw... Yeah. Riddle picked up the victory over Slapjack, speaking of uh, Retribution. Yeah, this match, I was actually surprised. Slapjack had a lot of offense. But it was a super quick match. It was. I like the top rope. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't super quick, but it was like... Somewhat quick. And yeah. it was a decent match. It was a decent match. I like the top rope spot, the top rope into the power bomb to the knee to the face. That little uh, combo deal from Riddle. I thought that was a cool uh, spot. Slapjack had a nice drop kick in this too. But, but this again, though, this match is to me just like that New Day situation. Oh, I totally agree. Why, why does Ali have a U.S. championship match next week? It's literally the same thing as New Day. No good reason. I just don't get why not then and there. No good reason. Um, But earlier in the night, we saw Braun Strowman yelling about Shane McMahon. Shane came out, apologized, walked off. It looked like he was going to say a little bit more. And then later on, Shane told Adam Pierce to have Braun Strowman meet him in the ring, to which Braun does. And then Shane kind of danced around the segment for like 20 minutes. Talk very, about- very awkwardly just dancing around the microphone. Talk about Not physically a- dancing a bomb of a segment. He calls Braun Strowman stupid. Without actually calling him stupid. Uh, Ran away. Braun Strowman chases him. 
Shane gets into a car which drives off. Braun sees the car drive off. Braun walks away and Shane McMahon is somehow still there. And then he does call him stupid. This is like the, which way did he go? Which way did he go? With Big Show. And this, was I just... feel like there has to be another way to build up Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon, other than like this. <laughs> I I totally agree with you, and I think that this was just an awful waste of time. And I think that was one of the big things to take away with this Monday Night Raw was there was it was just a waste of time from yeah. that segment to they they dude they replayed Bobby Lashley's entire <laughs> entrance. The entire <laughs> really did, yeah. damn entrance they replayed. But, uh, yeah, the, ne- the next match we saw Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler pick up the victory over Bad and Blonde to retain the Women's Tag Team Championships. Reginald ended up being with Nia Jax, and he grabbed Naomi's leg during the match, and uh, Lana dropkicked him, but Nia took advantage of that distraction, so... That was that was that match. Not really anything to no nothing talk about. It was just uh, there goes their title shot. That's hey, I am I I am very happy. I am very happy. Just saying. Um, the segment after this, though, I don't. I feel like it. Uh, it was Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. I think they were asked about. Were they asked about the tag team titles at all? I don't recall. Or were the, was it strictly just Asuka? I think they wanted Asuka here. And Flair steps in and basically denies them of it. So I'm assuming we're going to be seeing a combination of the three of them wrestling in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But the main event, we saw AJ Styles pick up the victory over Randy Orton. We saw Amos save AJ from an RKO at one point. Alexa Bliss shows up with her jack-in-the-box gimmick. And she lights a match, blows it out. Turnbuckles explode like it's Kane's entrance. Randy Orton spits up the black gimmick again. And uh, AJ Styles hit the phenomenal forearm to to pick up the victory. I thought it was about to be a no contest. Yeah, I thought it was going to be no contest too. But, you know, it was an entertaining main event. Yeah, and uh, every time they they wrestle, they tout it as a WrestleMania caliber match. It was on a WrestleMania card. Yeah, and there's Um, no denying. I mean, it's two Hall of Famers going at it. Well, not yet, but... No, but hands down. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because, like, uh, rewind to, like, 2015, would AJ Styles be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Maybe, like... Way, 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 way down the line, but uh, then he came to WWE, and it's like, oh yeah, he's first battle, of course. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, but let's um, get on. But yeah, Alexa Bliss got the last laugh. It just ended with her laughing. Yeah. But let's get on to some NXT for this week. Kicked off with EO picking up the victory over Tony no, Storm. No, 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 no. William Regal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two huge announcements. First, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver will be hosted over the course of two nights, April uh, April 4th. April 7th and April 8th. That's Wednesday and Thursday. I I literally don't think I can even 
watch like Impact and AEW that week. There's just too much WWE. But his second announcement was the announcement of the Women's Tag Team Championships. And he awarded Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez the the titles. Sucks. Because of the way that they won at uh, the May Young Classic. Yeah. The Young Classic. I would have rather... Brother... Dusty Classic. What? <laughs> I said May Young Classic. I meant Dusty um, Classic. I, I would have rather them... Comp- compete against Shotzi for uh, the tag team championships instead of just being given the tag team championships. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think they should have just been given flat out the championships. I like that. I don't know how far in advance they knew they were getting those titles. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Well, if it, if, like, if they knew they were getting those titles, then they should have... The ending of the tournament should have been for those titles. Uh, 100%. And even even still, they could have still had a a match for the... To decide who's the, who's the holder. Yeah, it didn't have to just be given to someone. Shotzi Blackheart and Amber Moon stepped up as the first challengers... And the match was set for later on. So we had three title matches. The first one being Io Shirai picking up the victory over Tony Storm to retain the NXT Women's Championship. I thought it was a good match. Yeah, Io Shirai's moonsault is always amazing. Yeah. But Tony Storm missed a diving headbutt and then tapped out to the crossface. Yeah. Uh. So- I'm still hoping that someday we'll see Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks versus Kaylee Ray or something. Could be. Uh, But we saw LA Knight speak about last week, and he said that next week he'll be debuting. Bronson Reed ends up choking him, so I'm assuming that'll be his match. Yeah, I don't know. La Knight. I'm going to call him La Knight. La Knight? Yeah, La Knight. Because La Knight has an awful, awful name and la Knight, it's i don't know i don't really know him from impact wrestling but he's boring me so far eli drake was fantastic so i'm looking forward to is he actually good in the ring yeah all right let's see let's see next up you have next Pete match done pick up the victory over jake atlas i didn't think atlas had a chance at all here but it wasn't Not a one-sided match yeah. But None. Jake Atlas eventually taps out. Dunn gets on the microphone, claims to be the best technical wrestler in the world, and dared anybody to prove him wrong. Who steps up there? So many people. I would have to assume likely it'd be Kushida. Hmm. Dream matches would be Cesaro or, or like Daniel Bryan, but I don't think that'll ever happen. Nah. Um, but we saw this, Imperium. Is this an open challenge for NXT or, I mean, for TakeOver or just an No, NXT? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just I, I'm the best technical wrestler in the world. Step up. I, Come I would, fight me. You know, I would even mark if you put Drew Gulak in there. But again, I mean, he's, I guess, more likely than Cesaro on a on a Raw SmackDown level. What, like but, uh, Gulak being more likely to be in there? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, I I 
I think he's more likely than Cesaro, but and I would still mark out for Gulak. We know how technical of a wrestler he is and how great he is in the ring. So I feel like cool. all signs would point to Kushida, though. Yeah, I agree. We saw Imperium. Uh, Marcel Bartel spoke about Timothy Thatcher and Ring Kampf and then invited him and Champa to join Imperium. Later on, we saw Champa basically say no, and he brings up Walter. Thatcher didn't answer, but Champa wants a match with them next week. So I guess we're probably going to have Thatcher turn on him next week. Perhaps. Uh, but more stuff for next week. Leon Ruff cuts a promo about how it's not just luck. His career has not been just luck. He's actually put in the work. And he challenged Isaiah Swerve Scott to a match, and that'll happen next week. The next match on NXT television saw the Women's Tag Team Championships defended. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon pick up the victory over Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in the probably the shortest tag team championship reign ever. Um, it, it was a good match, but I'm still not a fan that this this should have just been the match. The match had me nervous. Like, the titles have no history to them, but they had me nervous because I wanted Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai to retain. But I, I'm i completely fine because there was no history to them. And that's the thing that Shots sucks. Blackheart and Ember being champions. But that's the thing that sucks, too, is that there's no history to it. And there's no match to determine who... It was just vacant and given. Well, the match was the finals. Ah, uh, bah humbug. But I, I liked the match. I liked uh, Raquel Gonzalez catching Ember Moon during the Eclipse. I don't know if we've ever seen somebody do that before. But this at least gives Ember Moon something. This is we've said this before that she kind of just like returned and didn't do anything. Well, let's see what happens. But Let's Dakota see. Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were interviewed later on. And Io Shirai steps up and challenges Gonzalez. So we're finally getting some sort of War Games payoff there. And I'm happy because Gonzalez has been a workhorse and she deserves it. Um, I was still kind of having hope that maybe the reason why they lost the titles was because they'd take them from... Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler on Raw and SmackDown now, but with the the women's championship challenge in the way, I don't see that happening. I now have fingers crossed that maybe we'll see Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox reunite and put together, put aside their differences. No, not yet. To once again become friends. Well, not yet. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how, what what Tegan Knox's like return schedule is like. Mm-hmm. But after the tag team match, uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, they go through the curtain and they were cheered by everybody except for The Way. And I thought that was funny. You saw uh, Indy Hartwell just booing, (laughs) which I thought was funny. And they they thought it should have been them. So I guess that will be the first actual feud over the women's tag team titles, The Way and Shotzi and Ember. So now, do you hope 
that there's a quick title change again? No, absolutely not. No. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon will hold these titles for at least, hopefully, three months or something like that. Four so months. So that's it. a year. So I agree with you. I think that now that Shotzi and Ember are champions and we just already had a title change, they have to hold it for, they have to hold it through TakeOver. Yeah. I feel like that's the position we're in right now. They have to hold it through TakeOver because there has to be something substantial to this. Yeah, I'm assuming they'll defend it against the way at TakeOver. Yeah. And hopefully they'll hold on to it. Triple H seems to like really like Shotzi Shotzi. Blackheart. So Yeah. For sure. um, I mean, it's really cool when you like even like how he what he did with her helmet. Yeah. You know, that was like in what was it like overnight again? Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Really cool. Uh, but in that same segment, Austin Theory questioned Johnny Gargano about the therapist last week and asked whether or not he paid her off. And he's like, "Oh yeah, of course I did. That's what you do with therapists." So Austin Theory still is pissed off at Dexter Loomis, and I believe that'll be a match next week as well. You think it would be um, next week or save it? I don't know if they announced that. I think they announced it, though. I'm not sure, though. I don't remember the announcement. Um, but the next match was Zia Lee picking up the victory over Caden Carter via disqualification. Yeah, disqualification. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go say disqualification, and I thought of Casey Catanzaro for a second. <laughs> <laughs> My brain told me that I'm not saying the right word, but I think I was. That, but no, uh, Kat, well, uh, Katanzaro did get involved. She cost the match and uh, used her crutch on Zia Lee. Um, yeah, and then she what? went to hit Boa, but Boa blocked it and smashed it, and uh, which is nice because this was really the first physical altercation that we saw of Boa. But I don't know what's going to happen because Caden Carter smacked him with the other crutch, and then they left. I don't know if Boa was about to hit. Casey or what? I think. I mean, you saw the. Uh, it looked like that. The immortal one. The immortal one. I don't know her name. Tian Shah or whatever they were calling May, whatever. Yeah, she she like made a fist, like pretty much sh- uh, showing Boa like this, like a kind of like a destroy. Yeah, put her down or something. I don't know yeah. what was going to happen there. Yeah, but. No. After that, we saw a return uh, return video from the airport, I guess you would say. Jordan Devlin, the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, announced that he'll be back next week to see who the true Cruiserweight Champion is once and for all. Yeah, huge news that this the ban, the travel ban has been lifted and he's going to be coming back to reclaim what is his. And... Uh, Santos Escobar ends up yelling at William Regal later on about that. Yeah, he is not happy that he's going to be coming back. Could be well because Santos Escobar claims he is the real champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw another vignette for Zoe Stark just building her up as a singles competitor. No, uh, no next match insights for her yet. Um. But I like the background information that they gave in that. I like the background. 
I have to be convinced, though. Uh, that first half of that last match still kind of yeah sticks to me a little bit. So I'm not going to judge too harshly because the second half of that match was good. So I want to see more. Um, but Legato Del Fantasma picks up a victory over the Grizzled Young Veterans. We saw astronauts come out during this match, which distracted them. Uh, I think me and everybody else probably thought it was Brizongo because that's what Brizongo wore last week. But it turned out to be MSK, and they take, uh, they took Grizzled Young Veterans out afterwards. And I believe uh, Wesley smashed one of their hands in the steps, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember, but... Hand for a hand, eye for an eye sort of situation. I am a big fan of how the Grizzled Young Vets cut that promo before the match heading down to the ring. I I think that it's really cool. But uh, Brizongo did show up and they attacked Legato del Fantasma from behind. So two, two feuds that'll be continuing. Mm-hmm. Main event of the evening saw Finn Balor successfully retain the NXT championship against Adam Cole. Really good match. This was such a good match. And I, I, Gotta be honest, I couldn't get into it. But I think it was just because I was tired. But it was a really good match, I think. Kyle O'Reilly was ringside at one point. And I don't know if it... To me, it looked like Finn Balor... It kind of shook Balor a little bit. But I think it also ended up distracting Adam Cole. Mm -hmm. But Kyle O'Reilly gets in the ring afterwards. And Adam Cole begs for his forgiveness. Tries to low blow him. But Kyle grabs his fist. And stops him. And then rips the the Undisputed Era armband off of Adam Cole's arm. And beats the hell out of him. And the referees, they stopped Kyle O'Reilly from really hurting Adam Cole. But it leaves Finn Balor alone in the ring. And he's just like, what took you so long? And it's Karrion Cross behind him, staring him down. So there's our takeover stand and deliver title match, I guess. I would say so. I don't know if I see... Finn Balor losing it to Karrion Cross, though, but I, one could only assume that perhaps we will. Uh, I don't know. Um, but moving over to NXT UK, there were a lot of vignettes throughout the episode for um, Aoife Valkyrie. There was Amel. Gallus had one. Um, and I don't really think we have to mention all of them. Just check out the episode and you'll see them for yourself because I think they're a bunch of them. They're so well done, but we did see that it's uh, a Trent seven one where he's still training to get to the two Oh five pound level to face Jordan Devlin for the cruiserweight championship. And we find out next week on the bump, whether or not he made it, but Jordan Devlin's already on his way to the United States. So I don't know how that's going to work. 
Yeah. So we'll see with that. But they also had a Ben Carter uh, vignette promo where he's now going by Nathan Frazier. Mm-hmm. Complete name change. I don't know if it's because Oliver Carter's on the roster and they don't want to have two Carters. But uh, I the name change came out of nowhere. But Ben Carter, Nathan Frazier is a damn good performer. So um, there's no stopping him, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could say that. Another interesting vignette that aired. Not a vignette. I think it was just a bumper. Walter is going to be there next week. So we're still here waiting for NXT television on Wednesdays for Walter, but he'll be there next week. So I'm assuming, I don't know what's going to happen there. He's still champion longest reigning champion in, in quite some time. So yeah, but the matches we saw Tyler Bate pick up the victory over Dave Mastiff in a heritage cup rules match. I still stay over and over again. I wish that we would see a match with those rules in like our NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a really good match. We saw T.O. Man make his debut against Danny Jones. Picked up the victory. I thought it was a good debut there. He hit a bunch of uh, double foot stomps to the back of Danny Jones. And then locked in the crossface to pick up that victory. Uh, We saw Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams pick up the victory over Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster because Kenny Williams low-blowed Morgan uh, Flash Morgan Webster when the referee couldn't see. And Amir Jordan did not look happy about that. But Kenny Williams doing anything he can to win. And uh, the main event saw the first ever intergender match at uh, or not in mixed tag match, I guess I would say Piper Niven and Jack Stars picked up the victory over Ginny and Joseph Connors, uh, and they were doing cool tag moves, so I thought that was cool. But that was NXT UK moving over to SmackDown, opening up with the Rated R Superstar Edge to address Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. I thought this was a really good fired up promo from Edge. And I think it's something that Christian could have used for Dynamite, for sure. I totally agree with you. I feel like I'm glad you brought that up because that was a dud. You know, unfortunately, it was a dud. But we like Christian. I said that before. I like Christian. (laughs) Love Christian. He's just overhyped. Overhyped. And to come out, sign contract, leave. No words at all. No audio. No action. And it happened on Dynamite as well. No, no audio. tease. Nothing. Uh, d- just mind-boggling with that. But Daniel Bryan came out and mentioned that this might be his last WrestleMania, so he wants to do anything he can to, to get into that match, which hurt to hear. I hope that's not actually the case. But Yeah, when he said that, I was just like, wait, is he talking about Edge? Is he talking about him? No, don't talk about yourself like that. Uh, yeah, he was talking about himself. Yeah. Uh, the first match of the evening saw the Street Profits teaming up with Rey Mysterio and Dominic to defeat the Alpha Academy and the Dirty Dogs. We saw the heels attack the baby faces before the match. I think overall, uh, I think the match was all over the place, but I still enjoyed the moves that went into this match. 
I just, I think the biggest question from my mind during this is why was Otis okay tagging with Dolph? Oh, you dirty dog. It's like none of the Mandy Rose stuff ever happened. You dirty dog. I didn't even think about that. Now that really pisses me off and annoys me. (laughs) Why did you do that? That Uh, something that That makes no sense. Yeah, well... But How? something that wasn't annoying, we saw Shayna Baszler, although Twitter maybe was split on this. We saw Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and Reginald shopping for clothes. Uh, I never saw, what's that movie with uh, Julia Roberts? Pretty Woman. And the old guy, yeah, I assume that was like a Pretty Woman-esque sort of scene, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, okay. But it reminded me a little bit, which it, when I say it out loud... Uh, or think about it really uh, I, it really wasn't like a China and Eddie Guerrero situation but that's what it kind of reminds me of because those were like segments that maybe shouldn't have worked but completely like worked and I thought they were all comedic yeah I thought it was funny I thought it so, was really yeah, funny I enjoyed that segment maybe not all of Twitter did but That ties in later on, which we will speak about in a moment. We saw Seth Rollins interviewed backstage and he spoke about Cesaro and how he's done with Cesaro. But Kayla brought up Cesaro defeating Murphy last week and Seth uh, seemed interested in the rematch that was taking place. And Cesaro picks up the victory over Murphy via disqualification Before the DQ happened, I thought it was an enjoyable match. Murphy with that sick knee outside of the ring. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Rollins attacks Cesaro during the swing. He hits two stomps on him. Jamie Noble runs out, stops him before he hits a third one. Catches his chair. Yeah, he was about to hit mid-stomp. I actually thought that was pretty cool where he like caught him mid-air. They have history too. Do they? J&J Security. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anything's going to come of that, but... No. <laughs> uh, and when Seth Rollins walked through the curtain, he had a, like a super... Uh, I don't know, uh, an stare intense down. stare down with, with Shinsuke Nakamura. Dude, um, sign me up for a WrestleMania match of them. Probably next. It's probably going to happen next week, though. That seems more likely. Um, But we saw Sami Zayn end up asking Kevin Owens to be part of his documentary, which Kevin Owens kind of just like, yeah, whatever. Kind of blew it off. Um, And then we saw earlier on, Jey Uso went to check in with Roman Reigns, but Paul Heyman wouldn't let him. And later on, Edge met up with Jey to give him like a pep talk. But Jay just wasn't having it. No, he did not want to hear any of that. And I liked that those interactions there. Yeah. But the, the KO show happened with the special guests, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, uh, which kind of seemed like an anything you can do, I could do better situation between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tag team champions cut this off and it led into the next match, which was very weird. I didn't, the, the end of the segment, just like out of nowhere, I thought was weird. Yeah. But Natalia and Tamina picked up the victory over Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. 
We saw Reginald distract the referee a little bit. We then saw Sasha Banks chase him into the ring, which distracted everyone. Tamina took advantage of that to pick up the victory. Bianca Belair blames Sasha Banks. Sasha Sasha Banks blames Bianca Belair. I don't know if the arguing will lead to them actually winning the titles at Fastlane. Kevin Owens mentioned the only other person to have done that, I believe, to go into WrestleMania as tag team champions and then face each other were John Cena and Shawn Michaels. Really? And it was a very similar situation, I believe. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But later on, we saw Reginald tell Nia Jax that she should be the one going into WrestleMania as a double champion. And Nia Jax should challenge Sasha Banks for the title next week. And that match will be taking place. I, um, yeah. I just, uh, I don't like the, that the Royal Rumble winner has lost so many weeks in a row. Yeah. And this is kind of the frustrating thing for me is that this buildup is kind of, it's obvious what it's building up to and everything, but I don't understand why. But it, I, to me, it's I don't know if it's super obvious that will they win those titles. I don't know. I don't think they will. I don't think they're winning. There's a big possibility there. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, do you think this is going to end up being like Carmella versus Nia Jax? I don't even know what that means. With Reginald? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. I guess we don't we'll know where out. she's. Carmella's nowhere to be found either. She fired Reginald last week, and that was it. Yeah, she kind of had her her match with uh, <laughs> big return. Did nothing. Yeah, she had her big return, and that that well, that was it. But speaking of returns, we saw Big E come out all bandaged up, had braces everywhere, rips them off. I thought that was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. But he speaks about Apollo Cruz and how he needs to end him. And it was a super fired up promo. It was a really good promo. He calls Apollo out for a title shot because Apollo Cruz has done nothing but want more and more chances for that title. But Apollo Cruz didn't show up. So he issued an open challenge. King Corbin comes out. To speak to uh, Big E, he's like, I'm not dressed for it, but... And then Sami Zayn runs out, I accept, I accept, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was <laughs> funny, that too. For sure. And, Corbin and was then like, Big E Cor- picked Corbin. up that victory over Sami Zayn. Yeah, Big E I thought this victory. was going to be a, a super quick match, but it ended up being really good. That was the main event. That was I really the- enjoyed that match. And after the match, we saw Apollo Crews jump Big E from behind. Hits him with two Olympic slams, and then he used the steel steps, and maybe Biggie's more injured again. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. The ending of SmackDown, we saw a contract signing for Fast Lane between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. However, Roman Reigns said that he's not feeling the title match anymore, and he's not going to sign. Hmm. And Daniel Bryan doesn't deserve it, but Daniel Bryan signed it. Uh, and then he kind of riled up Roman Reigns by disrespecting Jay Uso. And then Jay P 
pissed off, throws the table out of the ring, and then pitched himself as the special guest enforcer for that match. Which brings out Edge, who challenged Jay Uso to a one-on-one match for the first time in almost 10 years on SmackDown, where the winner will become the guest enforcer at Fastlane. Um, it led to a brawl. Daniel Bryan hits Edge, and he was the one standing tall. Yeah, rocked him with that kick. That um, Do we I'm see really... Edge maybe screwing Daniel Bryan over? And huh? that's how Daniel Bryan gets into that match, if that that's a thing? Could be. I, I'm excited to see Edge in action on SmackDown. Yeah. You know, it's been and so... And it's a match that we have not seen, I believe. No. Yeah, we've never seen that match. And it's I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. But uh but that is SmackDown. Hey Brandon, how about some uh shout outs? Hey you guys, I'm listening to Brandon shout outs. Oh well gee, Eric, I don't think that's a great thing to do. Hey, respect my authority. First shout out goes to Carvel. I have it's been way too long and I've just been like craving it. I've been watching cake making videos on YouTube this past week. <laughs> I just want Carvel. <laughs> yeah, you're craving um, it that that much, huh? Yeah, it's been Carvel and Low Main for some reason. I don't know why. Carvel and Low Main. Yeah. Maybe I'm pregnant. Congratulations, <laughs> Muscle Tub. <laughs> Uh, the next shout-out, though, goes to Heaven, which I believe is the first of many new documentaries heaven. that WWE will be making. I'm in heaven. Um, but it it's a documentary that doesn't focus on a WWE superstar. It's a 16-year-old girl named Heaven Fitch who became the first female wrestler in North Carolina to win an individual wrestling state championship. Oh, interesting. You got my Yeah, and it was it was really cool. They interviewed her, her whole family. Uh Stephanie McMahon does the forward, uh the intro, and Beth Phoenix is a uh the narrator there. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool because this April she's going for her second state championship. That's I guess that's when the season starts. Wow. So I I hope she gets it because that's pretty cool. And uh, maybe one day we'll see her in the WWE. She spoke about growing up and uh, them being fans of WWE. So that's cool. Uh, The last shout out goes to Paige. Uh, It's been a bit since I brought up her Twitch channel, but I've been watching it a lot recently. Twitch.tv slash Soraya official. This past week, she was watching a bunch of her matches, like, back to back to back to back. And it was pretty cool to, like, hear her reactions to stuff that we reacted to. Did she criticize herself with any points? Um, Not so much. Well, yeah, there was, there were, yeah, she critiqued a bunch of stuff. She was telling us, us as in the Twitch chat, uh, parts where, uh... At one point, I remember a spot where she was on the barricade and she didn't take the bump flat back because they wouldn't let her. So Mm -hmm. she had to kind of land on her feet and then back. Mm -hmm. When I watch it, it doesn't look bad. But 
I guess to her, it's like super critical about that. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty cool to just hear her like tell stories surrounding the moments and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we watched, uh, she was, she was watching some FCW stuff, some NXT stuff, some main roster stuff. So definitely Mm -hmm. check her out on uh on twitch but those are my shout outs now it's time for our mark out moment of the week that is right our mark out moment of the week uh just to continue on the twitch stuff really quickly i was watching uh formerly known as aiden english on twitch and i i i kind of marked out because he kind of marked out (laughs) um he was showing off his um his nxt class Mm -hmm. and which is just like a super stacked nxt class there like it's got the Wyatt's, it's got um, the Shield, a bunch of of superstars and stuff. But one of the people in the in the class in his in his class was Garrett Dillon, and I asked him if Chris Christopherson ever stopped by to watch because that's Chris Christopherson's son. And he like thought about it for a second, and he's like, mm, "Yes, yes, actually, yes." He came by and basically spoke about how Dusty Rhodes marked out over over that because Dusty was such a fan of Chris Christopherson. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to hear stories like that, and it's also awesome to hear stories from from his about his career as well. Like he was telling us uh, about um, the first time he met Vicky Guerrero was he got hired to do Access to walk wrestlers to and from like backstage to where they're signing. Mm-hmm. And one of those people were Vicky Guerrero and he didn't like meet her again until like three years later when he was introduced, I guess, as Shaw Guerrero's boyfriend. That's funny. <laughs> so it's like such a crazy, like small world moment there, but you could check him out. Twitch.tv slash drama King Matt. I believe That's... he has a, uh, a show an episode or something coming out with uh, Matt Cardona soon. And that's weird something. that, that he walked her out. Like, is that normal for wrestlers to walk out people? He wasn't those? a wrestler. I don't think he was a wrestler just then. He, or he, uh, or he was training. Yeah. But he was, even at... he was, he got a job at WrestleMania access as like a, Oh, so he wasn't go... under contract at the time. No, he was just walking like a, like a, you volunteer for access. Ah, gotcha. I thought that maybe he was under contract or something. No, he was just there. Hmm. His friend had the the job or whatever and asked him, hey man, I got this position. I can get you a job. Do you want it? And he flew to Atlanta and was walking superstars back and forth from their signings. That's cool. Um, Do you have a mark out moment of the week? Um, Let's see. Nothing that comes to mind right now. Nothing that comes to um. Actually, I marked out for the Sheamus McIntyre ending, um, with the steel steps and just yeah. their match in general. I, I marked out for a lot of spots during that. I'm a huge mark for uh, their feud, so well, I would go for that. 
I have another mark out moment of the week because uh, I felt like I should save this the best for last. This week on WWE The Bump, they had Molly Holly on as a guest and they had Shane Helms on as a guest as well. So the both of them together alone was a mark out moment for me. But then Shane Helms informed Molly Holly that she will be the first inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2021. Prior to that, Kayla Braxton announced that we will have a Hall of Fame special on Peacock airing the 6th, which is Tuesday night in April, featuring both the class of 2020 and 2021. Molly had such a... uh... A shocked reaction, like I like how like she didn't even have anything to say. First of all, Shane Helms crying was just like, "Damn, that that's getting me too." And she didn't even really cry. No, she did. She she did cry. Ah, uh, she she did a little dab, a little dab with the eye, a little dab <laughs> with the eye. She didn't really cry. She wasn't Helms crying. But now I wonder, like. Will this be a normal induction ceremony that we're used to? Will it be one like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was last year, where it was kind of like a documentary about them with them accepting the awards and everything? There was just like, I don't believe there was any like um, like concert aspect of it, but I don't think there I was. Think, I feel like that could be how the Hall of Fame will work this year. I. I I don't see that because I think they're going to try to cash in. No, there's no way. Absolutely not. Not not during COVID. No way. They're for takeover, telling... no, no. For they're having WrestleMania. That's one thing. For takeover, they're probably just going to have the same people that they have at at the performance center right now. You think? There's no way. I don't know. We would have heard I... about it. WrestleMania tickets go on sale on Tuesday. Or that pre-show is true. or something like that. There's no way they're going to have a Hall of Fame ceremony that we're used to. That I think true. it'll we be would've... documentary style. I don't know how long it'll be. Especially because we already have a pretty big class. Yeah, we would have heard about it by now. That's true. But like the, the Hall of Fame class of 2020 is already like a big class. Yeah. And I don't know how this will work. I don't know if there if there's going to be uh, legacy inductees that wasn't announced last year. There was no Warrior Award pres- uh, recipient announced last year. There was no um, uh, celebrity induction last year. We had the Bella Twins. We had NWO consisting of Hulk Hogan, X Pac, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. We had Jushin Liger, British Bulldog, Batista, and and JBL. So that's a pretty big class on its own. Mm-hmm. Now they're adding even more. So I'm looking forward to it. I know some people always are like iffy on it. And they're like, oh God, this speech is going on forever. But I, I tend to enjoy long speeches. I tend to uh, not watch it, and I'll catch yeah. the highlight for the ones that uh, they mention something that I'll pop over, which I'll usually hear about through Twitter or or you. And besides that, I would probably not be watching it. 
But that's the mark out moment of the week and our episode 527. Check us out on Twitter at Mark and Out, BTTG161, also on Instagram at Chris Sweendog, at Dave the Rave underscore MO, Facebook.com slash Mark and Out, YouTube.com slash Mark and Out 11, that's on Instagram as well. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com, Twitch.tv slash MarkingOut, and we wish you the the Best of luck in your future endeavors.